Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. I'm Rhiannon and I'm Jess and today we have a very special guest with us. It is our first guest, a director and writer, Brooke Ellis. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming today on our podcast. I'm very excited to have you. Um, I mean, we want to know all about you. I've, I've known you for the last 10 years, I guess, and I've kind of feel like I've only really known you through social media recently, really. And yeah. I've seen you start all these amazing projects and companies, and I think our listeners would love to know more about it. So can you tell us... Um, about your company, uh, Ellis Gray Productions. Can you tell us like how it started? Like how did this all happen? So we started back in 2018, I think it's October, 2018. Um, basically how it all started was I joined a CrossFit gym um, in Staines. Right. Um, and whilst there, they needed to promote an event they're running. Um, and they obviously, a few of them have heard that I do a bit of filming here and there. Um, so I said, yeah, I'll help out, bring the camera down. We can kind of draft up a little bit of a story to it um, and put it together. And then that's where I met my business partner, Andy. Um, so he works at Sky um, oh, okay. and does producing mm. and editing for um, Soccer Saturdays, that's what it's called. Uh, and yeah, and he, he was about and he was like, Brooke, you hand? And I was like, yeah, go for it. So <laughs> I brought down my equipment. We both got filming. And everyone who was involved loved it. And afterwards, we were kind of like laughing. We did like a mini little premiere to it. That's um, cute. Yeah, it was cute. And then, uh, yeah, at the end, someone was like, oh, Ellis Grove Productions. And we were like, ha, ha, ha. Had a little giggle. And then we kind of like stopped, looked at each other like, that, that has a good ring to it. And then, um, yeah, like a few days later, I just called Andy. I was like, should we actually maybe just give it a go? Let's do this. Yeah. yeah and then, uh, yeah, and then that, that was pretty much it. We like pretty much straight after um started looking into kind of money which um is needed kind of how we would set out the company and what our goals are and stuff like that put together a business plan and then yeah all kick started we started doing a bit of a few videos for rugby teams around london and then we had a few uh, buddies of ours who needed some promo videos and then it all kind of spread through uh, word of mouth I was going to ask it but was it sort of done through like friends and word of mouth or did you sort of put yourself out there did you try and like reach out to to the rugby teams and stuff like that uh definitely at the beginning um it was word of mouth and then obviously as we started to become a little bit more serious I guess um right. we started kind of researching the kind of companies we want to be helping and uh teams as flat and and now we're working with like Harlequins and that's amazing uh, Gillingham Football Club and yeah do, so, how do you sort of approach them though is that almost like saying look we've noticed that your videos are shit like can we make it better for you or is it like we can like, do this better yeah. <laughs> basically I I go on a lot of um a lot of company sites and stuff like that and mm -hmm. I do hope like obviously I feel bad for the companies but I do hope they have a bit of a shit uh video going on <laughs> um and I, I basically put that into nicer words for yeah. an email um oh so you approach them yeah, I, I approach a lot of them. Uh, so we kind of yeah. like set out marketing strategies for um, every quarter. Um, right. And we create lists of kind of the companies we want to approach. Kind of, we, we draft up emails and then, yeah, and then ping them out and in the nicest way, <laughs> remind them that their, uh, their content is looking shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brooke, um, I'm meeting you for the first time today. So 
can you tell me a bit about you before Ellis Grey Productions? Have you always had an interest in production? How did that come about? So I have. Uh, I've always wanted to direct. Um, I think my earliest memory of telling people that I wanted to direct was I was seven years old. Um, oh, wow. wow. I, think that's, I think that's you too. And I remember like this. Sound... <laughs> I know. Okay. So I watched um, Titanic okay. for the uh, first time. Me and that was shit. <laughs> You're like, I could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is shit. <laughs> and um, and uh, me and my dad were watching it. And oh, it had to keep going on pause because people were like walking through and stuff. And I was like, like come on, like, I want to go again. <laughs> um, and at the end, I was just like, oh my God, that was so, so good. And I didn't know how, well, how they managed to get this big fucking ship sinking. Um, <laughs> so I just started doing research and obviously found James Cameron and then started researching James Cameron and um, yeah, learning all the behind the scenes. Uh, do you ever like click on the dvd um bonus features or like i i I always did that okay good i still do it now (laughs) yeah same same (laughs) i just did it for hours yeah you just want to be nosy and find out how it all happened yes i love it yeah and then and then a few days later i remember being in class like year two i think it was um and their teacher asked what does everyone do when they grow up um and everyone was saying kind of Obviously, some people had interesting things, but it was kind of like teacher, blah, blah. And then I said film director or filmmaker. And I just remember like this moment and my teacher kind of like stopped and stared at me. She was like, that's cool or something like that. And then mm-hmm. just from then, I uh, wanted to do it. So I started trying to, I was like really little as well. So I had my dad's help. We were like contacting probably over the top big names you probably saw it and was like no <laughs> and <laughs> tried to approach like production companies and stuff like that and say obviously I'm young like interested blah blah wow. and then I got um some work experience when I was 12 or 13 maybe on a production um with Maggie Gillenhall Gillenhall however you say her name yeah and um, wow and then yeah from there it just kind of I started working with a few other people um, then going on to a few other productions, some shorts, some features. So you've literally yeah. been doing this forever then? I have, yeah. Annoyingly, haven't been able to kind of commit fully to that side of things. Um, it got to a point where obviously everyone's different, has different experiences with it. Um, but it got to a point where it was, I was a PA and then I was a PA and I was a PA and I was a PA and I was a PA. And you're putting in hours from like, I'd be getting up at like 5am, traveling to London, then coming home at like 1 or 2am the following morning. Yeah. Um, it's kind mm. of like, I want to make movies. Like obviously, I want to help make movies, but I, w- I want to make my stories. And yeah. Just like, yeah. If I'm doing this every day. Um, it's again, hard. Yeah, again, so many people have different opinions of it, but I just think, make them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, definitely. I kind of like left that side of it and then, I think I think experience is great but you know you can also still make stuff you don't have to just constantly be be getting experience and also making stuff is experience I think so exactly like and so many um so many people I'd met on set and stuff like there was a mixture there was people who had gone to like film school and then there was another bunch which were like don't go to film school um, what, what did you do? I, di- I didn't go to film school. Okay. <laughs> um, so originally I wanted to go to uh, New York Film Academy. Um, oh, yeah. But I kind of scrapped the idea because um, I was working on a few productions. And then, yeah, start, literally started making my own stuff, working with a few other 
independent filmmakers doing some shorts. And then I did Met Film School for like two months, maybe like a really intense basic course. Right. Um, and then, yeah. And then obviously I started Ellis Grey Productions. And- wow. So is your full time job then Ellis Grey Productions? No, so I literally so many problems. I uh, also do website building and digital marketing. And, oh, like, amazing! Um, wow, you do everything. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I do that full time as well as LS Grey Productions full time. It's kind of like wow. working from home. Like COVID is actually borderline a blessing because I get to work on LS Grey solidly while still right. work. Um, I, w- I wanted to ask, has the pandemic at all um, affected your business, both, I guess, um, the, the company that you work for, the, the web design that you do, and for Ellis Great Productions? Have you, I mean, you said already it's a blessing, but has it affected the projects that you have or, you know, things that you wanted to do? Like, have you had goals for last year that you didn't get to complete and have sort of gone over to this year? Like, what's that sort of looking like for you? We did, yeah. So, obviously, our business plan, we're, like, adjusting it as we go along yearly. Right. And we obviously had like X amount of goals for last year. And then when the pandemic did hit, it did have, I think same with most companies, it's kind of like, it was a scary moment where they didn't know how things are going to go, if they're mm. going to be uh, mm. losing money and stuff like that. So a lot of projects kind of got either cancelled or postponed. And also there was a lot of, obviously, so many companies didn't know if they're allowed to work during the time and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So yeah, lo- loads of projects got pushed back and we didn't, we managed to, on the last quarter of uh, last year, we we were working like constantly back to back projects. So many we kind of missed out on last year, but mm. trying to get them all back this year. And we've got is there anything that we can sort of know about this year? Like anything that's sort of upcoming? We've seen that you have a project called "I Have Something to Say" coming up. That's is that planned for this year? Yeah, yeah. So um, that is a poetic uh, production which we're aiming to film uh, July or end of July. Okay. So the aim of the project is basically to raise awareness for LGBT individuals uh, with coming out to their parents. Um, Amazing. What inspired that, Brett? Uh, so the inspiration came from a number of things, myself being gay. And obviously I had to have that scary conversation mm. with my parents and friends. And Can we so ask on. how that was, how that experience was? Yeah, it was um, it was actually fine. So, uh, going back a little bit to kind of how th- that conversation came about, I'd been gay for ages, but it was a bit like I liked boys at the time and I liked girls and couldn't quite work out what one I preferred. And yeah, I went to Camp America. Oh yeah, my brother did that last a- year. Yeah. Oh, cool. I think this is where a lot of people kind of discover they're gay as well. <laughs> Really? I, I came I came back from Camp America and it was like I just had all my friends from Camp America basically like I'm gay it's like okay <laughs> 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 like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> nothing weird went down in camp either it was just like <laughs> I think everyone just felt so comfortable <laughs> um yeah I'd like met a girl out there who I liked and then came back and we were just texting constantly and stuff like that she's like oh I might like come to the UK and I was like oh my god like this. <laughs> I probably need to tell my parents um and then uh she actually came and I hadn't told my parents by then so it's a bit awkward because like we're staying in the same room and in my house and stuff like that and then um when she left I was obviously well sad and then I yeah I had told my younger brother um who's also gay 
okay, <laughs> wow, okay. Um, yeah and he was like he was buzzing he was just like, oh yes like I'm not the only gay and then um <laughs> and then I told my siblings again we're all like so close they just kind of like made jokes and like obviously I didn't I wasn't offended I'm sure maybe some people would be offended if it was if it was them but um but yeah it was like really nice and then I was a bit nervous about telling my mum because so when my younger brother came out he had a really tough time he got bullied and stuff and he really struggled uh dealing with being gay so he um, came out before you did yeah okay it's so many like little twists and turns to this story um <laughs> and uh yeah she found it really hard because she saw him struggling and stuff like that and right. she comes from a bit of a background where I guess it's not the norm what, yeah it, yeah it just wasn't uh they just weren't used to having like gay people around I guess or okay known of anyway so yeah I told my dad and I was like should I tell my mom oh uh, should I tell mom and he was like, maybe, maybe I'll tell her. I was like, okay. So it was like a waiting game. I was like, I was at work, like twiddling my phone. I was like, oh no. Oh, oh. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then she, she did have a bit of a tough time with uh, her. How, how old are you when this conversation happened? Nineteen. Oh, okay. And um, and were so- your pe- were your family, your siblings, the first people you told, or did you tell your friends before that? Or I had told my friends, but I did the old hopeless offense. But I did the older. Uh, I'm bi and then um they were uh, literally everyone was like why is that do you know. find that that's easier to like is that easier than saying yeah, I think so. to like, say that you're what, both or it definitely felt it I think it's all, almost like the the best way I can describe it is you you don't know how they necessarily going to be when you just say I like girls but when you say oh I still like boys by the way like who I've been liking all these years I guess yeah it did feel almost a little bit easier which maybe is what mm-hmm. other people feel when um obviously some people are bi but when people are coming out as gay sometimes I, I'm guessing it's a little I'm, bit easier. I'm really interested about that like do you do you mean that you were worried that your friends would think you were like lying all that time or what do you mean by like? No I, you know I don't know because my friends are like all the girls are lovely. They're so they're so nice and accepting and stuff. I think I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know how to it's describe just it. Just testing the waters. Yeah, I, that, that's probably the best way to describe it. It's like I'm going to just throw this out there, but not completely, and just see yeah, how they yeah. react. Because yeah. I mean, I had one friend who was like, "Oh, it's probably it's probably a phase," and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> that is not why." <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but I was like, "Yeah, maybe." <laughs> Do you find it hard then when you're at school? Because you said you waited till you were 19 to come out, and but you had you said that you had been for ages, sort of thing. So was that sort of like an internal thing, like you were having to sort of? Because I mean, the time that we were at high school, secondary school, I feel like the conversation about being gay or anything that wasn't straight was sort of only just starting to really be spoken about in social media. Because social media just started sort of coming up and um like my earliest memory for where people at school were talking about it was when they did an episode in glee and so that was sort of showing stuff at the time so how how was that for you because if you're if you're not telling people then were you sort of having to internalize it uh no so like I well I think like I said at the beginning of the conversation it was like I did actually like boys at the same time so like it sounds ridiculous but the earliest memory I have of like liking girls was genuinely in reception <laughs> there, okay. was one, wow. there was this one girl and I was like I, 
I remember me and my mate um, Toby at the time, we like basically fought over this girl and, and <laughs> oh which God. I'm sure if someone else heard at the time, like what is going on? And um, that's quite sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, throughout school, it was just kind of like, there was no one like, I never had like a friend or some, like a lot of people ask, is there like a friend that you fancied or something like that? Oh, I see. Which I didn't, like there wasn't, yeah. I just knew like, like you were saying, like Glee and stuff, like mm. I, I, I was in drama and I did that for GCSE and uh, a bunch of my friends there were like, oh, you got to watch Glee, you got to watch Glee. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> and then I remember like one night, like quickly <laughs> putting it on <laughs> and there was a uh, Santana and Brittany. Santana and Brittany, that's it. Yeah. And then, um, and I remember like, oh my God, that's me. Like, <laughs> I, like <laughs> I think Glee smashed it with the whole, uh, yeah. like having some sort of connection to it. Because obviously Brittany and Santana completely break the stereotype, mm. like being these hot cheerleaders. Um, and obviously Santana's all like with guys at the beginning. And then mm. then I can't remember how her and Brittany get together. But yeah. <laughs> I remember just being like, this is, like I could connect to it really well. And I think right. the same with so many people on, like who did watch Glee. Mm. Um, and some people are definitely lying if they ever say that. They have a <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that kind of thing definitely helped with kind of uh, acknowledging it a little bit better. Maybe that I was right. definitely attracted to women. Right? Um, Did you find it because you said your brother had quite a bad experience mm. and was bullied? Did you find it hard when it came? F- you wanted to come out. Did you then find it hard having watched your brother struggle? Um, as in, do you mean almost? Did it kind of add to the fear of coming out? Of, yeah. Um, not really. I Like, it sounds almost bizarre because I came out at 19, but I genuinely was very comfortable with, like, how I felt and stuff. And I, I did have in the back of my head, if I meet a girl and I really like her, um, then I'll like, so be tell it. people I like girls. But if I continue seeing boys and there's a guy that I like, then whatever. So when Colby, my little brother, had come out, he was like really brave, like telling our family and stuff because he struggled so much with himself and he, just, he got depressed and had a really bad time. And, mm. and I think it was more just, it more inspired me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. And okay, almost yeah. took away the fear. Like empowered you? Yeah, I think so. Like, because he was, he was so much younger than me as well. And right. by that point, it, I, like I said, I hadn't thought, oh, I'm going to come out. Um, but from seeing him go through such a tough time and getting the courage to actually admit it to people and himself I was I think it kind of took away the fear and when it came down to it I was like oh he's done it I need to that's be able really to nice throw the balls and do it myself <laughs> yay little brother yeah I know he's he's a little hero oh yeah. um so sorry we sort of went off track a bit but you yeah. said that this sort of all inspired the upcoming project that you have yes definitely yeah so what our aim is to get this out on National Coming Out Day, um, October the 11th. Um, and we, what we're trying to do is get as many companies and um, names behind the project. Uh, so we want to be able to raise around £5,000, which seems like quite a bit, but we want to be able to pay the whole team, uh, cast and crew of the production, um, as well as location, um, and also be able to have additional money to donate to LGBT charities around the UK. Amazing. Um, so that's kind of the conversation that the poem follows um, is kind of based around personal experience as well as um, experience from others which I've heard. I'll have to send you a copy of the uh, poem so you can have a little read. Yeah, please, mm. we'd love yes, to. Please, yeah. yeah, 
Um, so this sort of also ties up with your um your organization coming out UK, doesn't it? Is is this yeah. linked at all? Like as in is it a um project that's linked with them or is it separate? Uh so that's also definitely part of the inspiration for the project. Right. Uh, so coming out UK is actually on hold, sadly. Um oh, okay. and has been for maybe maybe about a year now actually. Is that um, because of the pandemic or just because of other No, it's because just uh there's just so much going on and mm. um coming out UK but I was pretty much running the whole thing on my own. So oh, I trying to organise events. We're doing like little production work for it. Um obviously there's the advice that goes into it, um trying to get donations and it was just a lot. Um I had so many things going on. I was like, oh this is sadly I'm gonna have to put this on hold. I plan mm. to come back to it and be able to make coming out UK a big thing again, but at the minute it's just on hold. Um, so it's the focus on Ellis Gray and this current project, which is created by Ellis Gray Productions. Yeah. Um, so definitely the work from coming out UK and the experience of running the organisation um, has definitely helped like push this project. Uh, and also, yeah, just there's a lot of, even from myself being gay, uh, with running coming out UK, there was, I learned so much about just literally about everything uh, different kinds of people and uh, sexualities and mm. all backgrounds races and stuff like that and it's amazing and um, yeah so it, it it definitely helped and yeah definitely it has a link to the project yeah that's great so um do you I sort of to go back to how things have been ported do you feel like um with the pandemic it's affected I mean it's affected everyone and everything but do you think it's sort of affected people's coming out experiences at all oh that's a very good question very good question. uh I got now that you've said that I reckon it definitely it more than likely has you think I in mean, a good way or a bad way because I mean some people might find if they've got more time with their family it's like okay they've either got to like get it out like it's like okay I've got no escape I've got to say it or they're like right I'm keeping my lips sealed for this whole time until I'm free sort of thing do you yeah, yeah. you know oh, yeah, that's a really hard one to answer just because like there's so many different ways to look at it, I guess mm-hmm. um I mean if it was say me I might have found it easier um but obviously you just don't know on background of families and that's the whole mm-hmm. thing because Obviously, there's a lot of uh, worry for people who are in, like, abusive relationships and stuff right. like that. It's hard, obviously, to know everyone's kind of background, um, but hopefully people are surrounded by nice, understanding families who they could come out to during the pandemic and have the love and support and time with them to talk about it. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think that social media has helped with the LGBT community as well? Like, because I think over the few, the last few years, we've had so much, like so many more apps and so many more things to consume, you know, just different information all the time. Do you think that's helped the community? I reckon so, definitely. There's a, like we we're saying, like with like Glee and stuff like that, that's obviously like watching um, like a production about it. And then right. now there's so much information, so many charities and um, people seem to be openly putting their stories out whether that's on like youtube through video or just mm. blogs and stuff like that there's also a lot of yeah there's a lot of like coming out videos and stuff which get pushed around social media um which are easy enough to access and from running coming at uk 
I remember we interviewed a bunch of people uh, for a short documentary and a lot of people did say that kind of social media almost backed them slightly, uh, kind of putting their story out and or admitting it online. There was a lot of support. Obviously, there's always going to be some sort of people who are... Yeah. You know, mm. um, but they, a lot of them did say that this definitely helped them as there was never that kind of thing back mm. back in the day, obviously. Yeah, yeah think- like you said with your... Sorry, like you said with your brother, like see, he inspired you. It's like social media gives you that access to see so many other people yeah. coming out. So Definitely. I guess that's it's more inspiration right at your fingertips almost. It's right in front of you like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, like, yeah, literally. And because when he actually came out, I don't think, uh, like we're saying, we're in, all like social media kind of hit, well, got bigger when we were in secondary school. So when mm-hmm. he came out, he was a lot younger than me. So there wasn't really... I mean, I very much doubt we were on Facebook or anything like that back then. But I know that now he find he does find comfort, I guess, in like the social media side of things, like, or the gay community on social media. And That's great. Yeah, there's a lot of people he's managed to talk to and get to know and hear their right. stories and stuff like that, mm. which is cool. That's so lovely. Mm-hmm. So I guess we would kind of like to sort of wrap this up and ask you what makes up your circle. So, you know, is that to do with, you know, production? Is it to do with your friends? Is it a whole combination? Like what makes up your circle? I'd say what makes up my circle is my family, for sure. My friends, of course, my girlfriend and a lot of writing of scripts and film and productions. Which we um, cannot wait to see. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, give you guys a little sneak peek once it's uh, got going. And, like inspiring people and kind of raising awareness through the work that we actually do at this great Productions. That's a big game of ours. So I think leading from that, um, so we always like to end each episode promoting a small business or a charity or an organisation. And we've asked um, if you would like to uh, promote one. And I think you said that you would like to promote Ellis Grave Productions. Is that correct in your project? If you want to just um, tell people how they can find you and how they can support. Yeah, so you can find Ellis Grave Productions across all social media platforms. Uh, if you just follow at Ellis Grave Productions. Uh, we also got a website, which is www.ellisgraveprod.com. Um, if you are interested in auditioning or being a part of the I Have Something to Say project, um, please feel free to contact us and uh, we'll send over further information on how to get involved. Amazing. And I think also if you go on to the social media on Instagram, they have a link as well that takes you to the GoFundMe. So if you'd like to make a donation, please do. We want to see this project be made. I think that's it. Thank you so much for coming and being our first guest. This has been Yay, awesome. Thank We'd you love for it. Yeah, we love getting to hear about everything you're doing. Everyone, if you can make sure you're following Brooke and everything that she's promoted, also make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and video and all of our social media as per, and we'll see you for our next episode. Bye. Bye.